G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. You might have been hearing good things about the growth of the Christian church in many nations in Southeast Asia. When we hear of a potential move of God in some nations where there's severe persecution of Christians, we can get excited about salvation, about deliverance and transformed lives. But along with a move of God can also be the increased tension within families, tension with other dominant religions, and of course there are police crackdowns on Christian gatherings. Well, Tony Benjamin is back with us. He's CEO of Voice of the Martyrs. Tony, welcome back to 2020. Thank you, Neil. It's good to be with you. Tony, you used to live in Southeast Asia. When you hear reports of a move of God, of people responding to worship gatherings, even if it's online, I mean, there's one I heard of, tens of thousands of people uh, meeting for worship online, unheard of in some sense. What what do you feel when you hear these sorts of things? Yes, uh, we're hearing similar things too, but let me um, follow that by saying that uh, Vietnamese, government has probably got one of the more sophisticated telecommunications networks in the world. They actually own more than just their own. They own a few telecommunications networks. So don't be fooled by the fact that you may assume that they do not know what's going on because they always do. And uh, we've had, one of our colleagues has had first-hand experience of that. So yes, um, there are things happening in Vietnam. There's a lot going on. We're seeing uh, quite a move of God in Vietnam at the moment, but it's a double-edged sword. Coupled with that is the increased pressure from the government for churches to register with them. And the sad reality that's happening in Vietnam at the moment is that those churches that have chosen to register with the government are putting pressure on churches that have not and have chosen not to. So this is quite alarming uh, from the information, the latest information that we have in Vietnam. Isn't it amazing to think that tyranny, where you've got a dictatorship, is driven by paranoia? And so it shouldn't be a surprise that there are organizations, governments in these uh, countries with uh, the highest level of telecommunications so they can keep the clamp uh, on the people. Hey, rumors of a move of God, and as I mentioned a little earlier, sometimes uh, that can be exciting to think about, but that has real ramifications for Christian believers, especially in places where there is persecution, uh, families, uh, churches, uh, all sorts of people who can be affected here. Any thoughts here on how people when they are a part of a transition, perhaps from one religion to another, or they've responded to a call from the gospel, uh, that that they actually put themselves in dramatic risk? Well, I think if you look at um, people in Vietnam generally are very telecommunication savvy. Everybody has a mobile phone. I think they sell one of the highest number of mobile phones in the world. 
and everybody has one, and that's the way they communicate. So social media, and they've got various platforms there, is very, very active. So it's easy to get the word out there, but it's also easy to track. So people are getting um, the message out there, and the responses are great. But I think with anything that's done electronically, how do you really gauge it? I mean, if you look at Australia, some people still haven't returned to church after COVID. They prefer to do it online. So you don't really know how intensely you can gauge the the mood of people or the commitment, rather, that they're making to follow Christ. What I can say to you is that in a number of the outlying rural areas, we're finding a dramatic growth in the churches. Dramatic. I mean, we're in one area we have the church has doubled and doubled again in an in a in a twelve month period. And we're talking the church having about twenty, thirty people. Now that's happening all over sporadically within Vietnam at the moment, mainly from the center to the north. Okay? Because in the south people have got relative freedom and they can function, and they can go to churches, although the government still got eyes. But it's a lot harder in the far-flung places where the authorities make up their own rules and go against the government decree because they somehow meet the rules out differently there. And that would be due to, what would you call it, corruption uh, in those outerlying, more isolated areas where the local police, the local military, uh, find that they have a lot more power that's unchecked by uh, those who might be in more senior authority? That's exactly the case. That is exactly the case. So the law may say one thing, but I would supply it. It's very differently done. And uh, there's no recourse on it because once you get, uh, once it's decided that they do not want you there, there's very little or nothing that you can do. You get turfed out, you lose your land, you lose everything because you don't, uh, you can purchase land there, but the government owns it. So they'll turf you off your land and you've got no recourse whatsoever. And it's, it's, it's changed in the manner of uh, the type of persecution in that before they used to arrest you and just lock you up for 12 months. Now they're not doing that. Now they're hampering your kids from going to school and stopping them from going to school. And they're doing all these types of, they're taking your land away. Um, And in some cases where they do imprison you, it's turned into a business because foreign ministries will pay for you to get released. So then they let you go for a month and they re-arrest you, knowing that somebody's going to pay for it. So the corruption is on a pandemic scale in this place. I mean, even when I lived there, um, you can't really function normally as a a conscientious business person in a society like that because, you know, when you're dealing with any of the government departments or the authority, if you're not prepared to give lunch money, as we would call it, you can't function. You can't even run a business properly there. So there's a very significant changing face of the way persecution happens. Uh, When you have uh, dictatorships in power, when you have those anti-Christian elements, and that coupled with high levels of electronic surveillance means that privileges can be withdrawn easily, uh, that land can be taken easily. Is, Is this what's happening in a modern age? That is definitely what's happening in the modern age. And as much as what the Vietnamese authorities 
do not like the Chinese. Whatever happens in China over a very short period of time happens in Vietnam, happens in Laos, happens in Burma, and so on and so on. We've seen this pattern for years, you know. Um, so it's the ideology, it's communism, socialism, call it what you want, but it's a scourge. What sort of stories are you hearing from your teams that are in and out and working on the ground in nations like Vietnam? Some of the stories we're getting, as I said, are where the churches are being deceived into into registering with the government. What that does is that the government then controls what they say. And that is, once again, one of those changes in the level that the government suppresses the church. Because before they used to imprison you, as I said, now they give you the perception that they're on your side and they will look after you, but they will control what you say, where you say, who you say it to. Not only that, but they have now got a record of every single person that's in your church. That's crazy. That's so bad. So the true followers of Christ that refuse to register, they are now becoming a target not only for the government, but they've been targeted by the churches that have decided to sell their soul to the devil and are pointing them out to the government. So challenging times for any Christian, true, true Christian believer in Vietnam. Sobering, too, to think of uh, issues around freedom of speech, freedom of association, uh, freedom of religion. Uh, all of those things that you were just describing don't exist in places like Vietnam, and uh, really there's reason why there uh, we ought to be very cautious about how we give up those freedoms in Australia because they have a knock-on effect uh, to how the gospel is shared. And uh, when you've got people who are uh, who have you under 24-hour-a-day surveillance, uh, there's a restriction to the gospel. Is this one of the things, though, when you've got these country areas, less restricted, less surveillance, perhaps more corruption, but still the church is continuing to grow? Yes, it is. Yes, the church is continuing to grow, and it's only down to the very few faithful that are doing and going out there every single day in spite of what, what resistance they're facing and sharing the gospel with those that need it most. And that's where we're seeing the growth. We're not seeing the growth as much in the big cities. We're seeing the growth in the country areas. And remember, among the Hmong people who are the native Vietnamese, they are of the most persecuted, but they have been the most impacted by the gospel. And the gospel continues to spread there. Now, the Hmong people go from Vietnam across the mountains into Laos also, and we're seeing a similar thing happening in Laos. And for those who've got a special affinity with Vietnam and some other Southeast Asian nations, uh, what can be the connecting point here? How can people support with some of the initiatives that you've got going uh, where you're supporting those who are under persecution in places like Vietnam? We have a great initiative at the moment um, for our frontline workers, which are the pastors that actually go out there and do this every single day and in equipping them with the resources that they need. So if anybody would like to know more, go onto our website, vom.com.au, look at our frontline ministry, look at our Bibles Plus campaigns. These are where we're supporting those frontline workers that are at the coalface of all of these challenges, particularly in a country like Vietnam. 
It's not easy being a Christian believer or being a Christian leader in nations where there is high level of persecution. And uh, to connect with Tony Benjamin, uh, simply go to that website he mentioned, vom.com.au. Tony is the CEO of Voice of the Martyrs in Australia, and they've got their own activity that's going on supporting those persecuted believers in Vietnam and other Southeast Asian nations, vom.com.au. Tony Benjamin, thanks so much for sharing your heart with us once again today on 2020. Thank you, Neil. Thank you for having me. God bless. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.